Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. You're listening to Double G Radio. To all the non-believers, how did that? To all the non-believers, anybody can be beat. Relax and enjoy our expert analysis of all proteins in the concrete jungle. Can't wait. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the main event. My name is Daniel Yanofsky on Double G Sports Blog Talk Radio. You can follow me at Dan, Y-A-N-O-F-S-K-Y, DGS underscore main event, and at Double G Sports. The number to call is 914-338-0897. What? show we have for you is last night was one of the best MMA main card pay-per-view events of all time, at least in my humble opinion, as I have not had much experience with the UFC until covering it recently over the past uh, year and a half to two years. And I want to say that when the UFC tries its hardest, when they actually go above and beyond expectations, that's when you truly know it's one of the best promotions out there. Now Bellator is coming up in the rankings, sure. But right now, they had an event on Friday that not many people knew about, which was a crime because Ryan Bader defended his title, and it was a great card in the last crowned a new a, uh, flyweight championship for the women in Bellator. But when it all comes down to it, UFC 217 will go down as one of the best cards. All 2017 main cards, I'm going to say, because I'll get to the prelims and all that soon, but one of the best main pay-per-view cards of all time. Now, I was there at Madison Square Garden last night with a few friends. I was not credentialed for this event. Uh, recently, I have not been credentialed for UFC events, but I have recently in the past, and also uh, I was in Bellator. Now, going as a fan, I don't know if it made it that much better, but it was one of the best shows I've ever been to, and the UFC knocked it out of the park. I don't even think they even meant to. Uh, We'll start with the uh, preliminary card, my apologies, and then the Fox Sports 1 card, and then the main card. My name is Daniel Yanofsky, once again, for Double G Sports Blog Talk Radio. We're going to be talking about UFC 217, one of the best cards UFC has had to offer in quite some time. Guest call in is 914-338-0897. Give your thoughts and opinions anytime throughout the show on the event. We'd love to hear from you. Last year at UFC 205, uh, 
Conor McGregor made history. Ioana uh, champion fought Carolina Kowalska, Kowalskwit, and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Tyra Woodley put on a fantastic bout. Now, only one title changed hands, and that's when Eddie Alvarez lost to Conor McGregor. And that's all fine and dandy because you expected Conor to win uh, even during a little bit. None of those two other title defenses uh, turned into changes. And while Carolina versus Ioana was fantastic, you expected them to have a rematch. I especially did at the Garden. That never happened. Carolina just recently fought. Uh, Tyron Woodley and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson had their second fight, and it was so hard to say the least. And you wondered what would happen. How would the UFC get back, get you back to joining them? Well, they brought back George St. Pierre to face Michael Bisping. They gave you a blood feud in T.J. Dillashaw versus Cody McCarbrand instead of T.J. Dillashaw versus uh, Demetrius Johnson. And you had Joanna... Jerjajic? I'm going to say. It's really hard to say the name sometimes. Versus Rose Namajunas. Now, some... Rose might seem like an unknown to many, but if you look at the lead-up to the fight, it was just fantastic. And the results were phenomenal. The overall gate revenue for UFC 217 was about $6 million, I believe. And the UFC 205 did $17 million. It was not a sold-out show. Not by a long shot. There were a lot of empty seats due to price changes and hype, uh, lack of hype for the show. I bought 206 uh $200 tickets for road 200s, and then the next day it turned into $100 tickets for 200 section. It was an old complicated process that the UFC might have to work on. But besides that, I had a great time in my section. Uh, to start things off, Ricardo Ramos defeated Ayman Zahabi with a nice spinning back elbow. It was it was nice. Uh, the, the prelims, they were okay. Curtis Bleeds, they, I think they used the replay, I believe, for the first time. Or was it? I believe it was also Mark Goodbeer fight against Walt Harris. Um, Curtis Blades, uh, the fight. Uh, they tried going back to replay to see if he kicked Polieski uh, in the ear or in the head. And it kind of missed, but it kind of hit. So Curtis Blades won via TKO the second round. Probably not how he wanted to win the fight. But like he said, he got his money and he got the victory. So at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Uh, which I guess it's pretty good to say that, but it must suck for Blaze. I'm sure he wants another uh, title opportunity or fight opportunity when he gets the opportunity to fight again. It's overall strange start to UFC 217. And it just got stranger as time went on. Uh, Randy Brown defeated Mickey Gall. Uh, the unanimous decision in three rounds. I'm a big Mickey Mickey Gall fan, but I gotta say, uh, Randy Brown looked dominant in this fight. New York native punished the New Jersey native. <laughs> My apologies, I'm gonna be having a small from the event. Mickey Gall uh, is more ground and pound style, submission based, and tried doing what he did to CM Punk and to Sage Northcutt, but Randy Brown was too. Quick, and he's more about the strike game. And Gall got bloodied early. 
and it's unknown to see what Mickey Gall is going to be doing because he, he's the king of call-outs. And once you lose, he's now un, no longer undefeated. How are you going to bounce back from that? I feel like he is looking to find any opportunity to shine. Uh, and doing so under the bright lights of New York City definitely did help. I'll be saying that a lot. The bright lights in New York City because it definitely does matter. Randy Brown looked dominant in this fight. And it's surprising it took three rounds. I think he was just playing with Biggie Gall in the second round. Uh, Gall got good round and pound style after Brown dominated the first. But Brown dominated the third after a while. Surprising Mickey took didn't win the second one, second round. But that's the way it could be crumbled, I guess. OSB, Vincent St. Prue defeated Corey Anderson. KO kick to the head, spinning heel kick. That was wild stuff. That was absolutely some wild stuff. And uh, OSP deserves a title shot. He was one of the best fighters out there, and he fought in last-minute replacement. And so he it was a good, serviceable fight that seemed like uh, Corey Anderson had OSP's number a little bit. OSP decided to just go all out. He can hit you with a submission. He can hit you with a high kick to the face. He's so good that he can just spin around and just take you out right away. And it's phenomenal to watch OSP work. On the other hand, we had Mark Goodbeer against defeating Walt Harris via DQ legal kick to the head. You know, I thought this was a pro wrestling move, a low blow to the super kick by Walt Harris. And it was just, it was a common theme to be a weird time for UFC 217 to start. Like, Goodbeer won, but by technicality, and overall, UFC 217 is preliminary cards were just weird to begin with. But then it ended there very well with James Vick defeating Joseph Duffy. Without like four minutes left until the main card actually started, uh, Vick defeated Duffy with a huge punch to the face. Huge punch, TKO punches. And it was a good moment uh, right before the show officially began. Great way to get people motivated for the upcoming pay-per-view. And boy, was it something. I'm going to say this. Prelims were serviceable at best. They were good. Had a lot of good fighters in it. Uh, was it as oversaturated as UFC 205 was? No. Is it a bad thing? No. Is it a good thing? It's up to you to decide. Uh, once again, this is Daniel Yanofsky, Blog Talk Radio, Double G Sports, the main event. Call the number 914-338-0897 to give your thoughts and opinions on UFC 217. Follow us at Dan, Y-A-N-O-F-S-K-Y, DGS underscore main event, or Double G Sports. And once we got to the main card, all hell broke loose. First of all, Paulo Costa defeated Johnny Hendricks. And it's not surprising that he beat Johnny Hendricks. I guess it just took a while in the second round. Uh, and Johnny did his best here. He actually did a serviceable job in round one. But he did look tired. So I'm not 
quite sure how to really describe it. Johnny Hendricks, should he retire? I think that at this point, his luck has run out. Uh, he actually made weight, so that's a good thing. But Paulo Costa believes he is the best Brazilian fighter there is today. And it's not that hard to believe, considering he's 11-0 in his fighting career, 3-0 in the UFC. And, you know, he could be a strong candidate. What is he now? He's 26 years old, so he can become, he can become the next great Brazilian fighter in combat sports. Now, Johnny Hendricks did his best. It's all that matters at this point, but we don't know what his future holds for him. Because after losing to um, GSP, uh, Johnny Hendricks has been on a downturn spiral, and it, it, it's sad to see, but it's also like it's become obvious at this point that we're going to see this happen. But Paul Costa did good work of him. But that wasn't really that was a serviceable, I guess, opening card, opening match of the card, but it wasn't what got the blood flowing. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson defeated Jorge Masvidal, uh, unanimous decision, 30-26, 30-27, And Wonderboy looked so much better here, so much more nimble, so much more relaxed than his fight against uh, Tyron Woodley, the rematch from their epic 205 fight at the Garden. He used his kicks. He actually punched a little bit. He went toward. He used his small reach, but he ended up connecting a lot on on Masvidal. And I loved how at the end Masvidal thought that he won the fight. So by the end of the round, he put his arms up. I'm like, just thinking to myself, did he just put his arms up because he thought he survived the entire thing, or did he think he actually won? Former is more realistic than the latter, but. I guess that was what was going through his mind. Stephen Thompson won the United decision, like I said, and it was good. He was he used his kicks. He was getting the crowd juiced up by going old school T- Stephen Thompson, and he's still forced to be reckoned with. And I would be it would be interesting to see him versus Woodley part three to see how it all turns out if Woodley's still the champion by the time Wonder Boy gets his shot. I think that the world needs a third bout just to get the taste of the second fight out of their mouths. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the UFC goes about it, considering there's a lot of welterweight uh, contenders out there. But I would book Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Tyron Woodley 3 as soon as you can. Maybe they can recreate the old magic that was in 205 last year. And now it's time, as the great wrestler said. Rose Namajunas faced Joanna Champion. I'm going to say this now uh, for the women's strawweight title. And leading up to this fight, Joanna was playing mind games with Rose. She was saying stuff about mental health, which she I don't think she knew about her and her family's dark history with it. Uh, and she also attempted to like she put her thought her the whole fist in Rose's face at the weigh-ins and at the ceremony, and she just decided to play the bad guy in this role. Like, she's old, she's confident. She has all the confidence in the world. She's one of the best fighters out there. 
Elizabeth Junis acted like a zombie the entire time. She said the Lord's Prayer uh, when Rose, uh, when uh, Joanna tried going to her. So, like, anything was going through Rose's mind. She was calm as can be, looked like some nerves heading into when she was in the cage. Uh, but besides that, she showed no emotions. Joanna got straight up in her face before the bell rang, and Rose set the pace early by just pushing her away, shoving her away, which was fantastic. And what happened after? The garden was rocking after. They loved Joanna, but once Rose knocked her down to the ground the first time, oh my God, the place erupted. And then the second time she knocked her down was the end result. In the first round, she knocked uh, Rose Nemajunas knocked out Joanna Champion. Champion no more. And she tapped out to the punches, which is wild to see. And Rose just went all in. Crowd erupted. Place was exploding. It was a tale of two photos, which I posted on my Twitter account, uh, at Danielowski's shameless uh, promotion. Uh, Rose walked away the victor after all the smack talking went put on her. It was reminiscent uh, I know Ariel Hawani pointed this out, like I did it well. Reminiscent of how uh, Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm once before they fought against one another, how Ronda was very violent slash very aggressive towards uh, Holly before the fight, and it was her overconfidence that was her ultimate downfall. And Rose took advantage of that and just beat up on Ioana. And credit to Ioana for at the end of the fight, actually speaking to the media, saying that she lost, she'll be better. She was hoping to win the fight and move up to face uh, the flyweight uh, division that just recently opened up. But I think she wants to go back to win the title back. I think that's a great move by her. She's actually going to be training. She's going to be fighting her hardest. And unlike Rousey, I don't want to bash mouth Rousey. Oh, she did after 205, what she did after 193, I believe, against Holly Holm. She completely left all aspects of the UFC. I get the emotional aspect of it, but she, Joanna just said she does not want to be compared to Ronda Rousey. She's her own fighter. And she did it all with class just now. And I commend her for it. And every fighter did the exact same thing when they lost their title. Spoiler alert. When all contenders lost their title, they all talked to the media afterwards. And that was great. That's a great precedent to set up for future generations and to get it right this time. And Joanna, I can't wait to see her back in the ring. Hope to see her versus Namajunas in a rematch. That would be great. Uh, the championship reign is dead. Rose Namajunas defeated the Boogie Woman. She conquered the Boogie Woman. What a great moment. And then it led us to the second title fight. Like, we weren't even finished in that, and it was already turning out to be a great card. C.J. Dillashaw versus Cody Garbrandt was a blood feud that everyone wanted after T.J. Uh, left Team Alpha Male and Cody was on a, his personal path to beat any of the snakes, he said, that uh, left Team Alpha Male. And Cody was as confident as he can be. T.J., like, it was just the same exact thing. Joanna, Garbrandt, and Bisping did the same exact thing. All to their downfall. Cody acts like this smart, cocky guy, being able to face trying to start something. TJ didn't think he did anything wrong. He thought things that Cody doesn't respect him as a fighter, uh, as a human respects him as a fighter. And 
Cody and TJ did a serviceable first round, and then TJ took over in the second round and just knocked him out. You saw in the instant replay, uh, Cody's uh, entire face just shut down, and TJ destroyed him. It went up to his face afterwards, came a good rallying call, and it was a wild scene that hold. And TJ is now your champion of the bantamweight division, and now he's going to apparently move down to uh, fly the uh, Demetrius Johnson to fight Demetrius Johnson, and that's going to be an epic fight. Uh, TJ versus uh, DJ should be very interesting to see, depending on the weight that are involved in. But a Cody versus TJ rematch should be fantastic. If it were to ever happen, TJ Dillashaw is your new bantamweight champion. Louis Namajunas, your new women's strawweight champion. Can the main event live up to this hype? Uh, the middleweight title with this thing defending against the returning Georgia St. Pierre. And GSP looked phenomenal in his return. His serviceable job. Uh, got the takedown in round one. Uh, did all he could to tire out Bisping, but Bisping got him, got GSP early, and cutting him in the face when, he, when they were down on the ground. GSP was covered in, uh, sorry, GSP, my apologies, were covered in blood, and Bisping was looking to take over, but both were seeing, looking tired at the same time. It looked like GSP was more tired, but you could tell Bisping was uh, a little taken back with how GSP was handling himself. And he looked great moving up a weight class from welterweight to middleweight. And he looked dominant in the round, and he just not he has punched out Bisping, not kept on going at him on the ground, and then he got him in rear naked choke, and Bisping didn't even tap out, and he lost. He finally submitted, but he didn't. But out like a true warrior, and GSP is your official new champion. He is back in the game, and he might be play, facing Whitaker next, which could be fantastic. Uh, and let's just say three championship fights, three championship changes, all uh, surprising with fans, all by uh, by way of KO because Pierre defeated Bisping via choke. At first it was, a, it was a real nice punch in the face and it, it was a wild night to garden. The last half hour of fighting, last 40 minutes of fighting, was one of the best you'll ever see in MMA history and UFC history. We'll say that the title fights lasted the first, second, third round. The women's fight lasted one round, then we lasted two rounds. Middleweight lasted three rounds, and it was something. It was a wild scene that started, and it was a wild night in general. Once you got to the main card, it just completely overshadowed anything that you've ever seen. And while the prelims were serviceable, like I said, OSP had a great fight. Brandy Brown defeated Mickey Gall, a good fight for Brandy Brown. It, it was something about the main card and something about fighting an MSG that's just magical. And something that you just have to be there to understand, like, what's going on. And, yes, they didn't sell out. Like I said, it was, like, 16000 They did not sell out at all. But they ended up being third in gate revenue. Uh and that's what Dana White wanted. He wanted to be top three. I don't know how they're going to uh, top that at the next MSG show, whatever that may be. Maybe it's in November again. 
you never know. But any car that goes to New York has to be great. And this main card was one of the best main cards in MMA and maybe and also UFC history, maybe MMA history. I'm not quite sure how that would go. But, wow, UFC 217 is in the books, and it was a phenomenal show. All you can really say. Once again, this is Daniel Yanofsky with Double G Sports, Blog Talk Radio, the main event. Follow us at Dan, Y-A-N-O-F-S-K-Y, TGS underscore main event, or at Double G Sports. A few minutes left in the broadcast, 914-338-0897, number to call. Next fight coming up will be Frankie Edgar facing off uh, in a title fight. Well, first, you have Poirier versus Pettis. You have Wordham versus Tibera. And then you have Silva and it's Silva against Chris Kevin Gastelum. And maybe Silva can face uh, GSP. That would be something if he happens to win. Once you get to UFC 218 in December, it's a crazy couple of weeks for the UFC. I'm a little oversaturated, but still, uh, Max Holloway versus Frankie Edgar for the UFC featherweight championship should be what a showdown should be with Alistair Overeem and Francis Nguanu, Henry Cajudo, Sergio Pettis, Eddie Alvarez, facing Justin Ngaisi, uh, Michelle Waterson fighting. It should be one hell of a show, UFC 218, and it should be quite a rest of the year for the UFC to uh, 2018, depending on what that is. And shows in Boston, maybe McGregor versus Diaz, maybe McGregor fighting at in Boston, or on St. Patrick's Day. My overall solid weekend for the UFC and and in general when you consider Bellator 186. Uh, What an incredible night last night. And in the morning, you topped it all off with New Japan Pro Wrestling's power struggle, I believe. And you end up with January 4th at the Tokyo Dome, uh, Wrestle Kingdom 12. You have Kenny Omega facing off against Chris Jericho. We're going to pro wrestling now because it's just an extra few minutes. We have the Ayatollah Makarola versus the Executioner, the Cleaner, whatever you want to call him, versus the IWGP United States Championship. And oh, my God. That's really amazing. I don't know how a WWE guy goes to Japan and does this. I think there might have been a deal done where Vince gets something in return, uh, which I don't know what that could be. Maybe right to the bowl club. Maybe it was payback. Maybe it was like a serviceable thing for when the bowl club took over uh, Raw one time. I don't know what the deal is with that, but I am so ready for Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho and pro wrestling in 2018. Starting off with a bang. New Japan Pro Wrestling, thank you. Uh, and pro wrestling in the next coming weeks should be one hell of a show. And boxing coming up at NYCB Theater this Saturday night. I will be there to cover the event. And this one might be one of the last times I'll be on Blog Talk Radio. I believe we are moving stations. Double G Sports is. Uh, and if that's the case, then it was a great run on Blog Talk Radio. You can continue to follow us on whatever program we come on to next. Sprinkler, I believe, if that's what it's called. Uh, and I had a great run on Blog Talk Radio, had a few fights, but at the end of the day, business is business. What's best for Double G Sports is best for business. And 
We'll be seeing you next time, maybe on a new airwave. This is Daniel Yanofsky, WG Sports Blog Talk Radio, the main event. Talks about UFC 217, one of the best cards out there. Talks about Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho, as brief as it can be. And this is where I sign off for the final time. And can't wait to see what the future holds for the UFC and for GSP and for Rose Namajunas and for TJ Dillashaw. Wow. That's all I can really say. Thank you for tuning in. Once again, Danny Nosky with Double G Sports Blog Talk Radio. The main event signing off quite possibly for the last time, but we'll see what happens. Keep, in, keep us in mind, we'll be here. We'll be back. You will not better than ever. I can't wait to see what the future holds. Thank you. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Enjoy some football. Have a good rest of the day, everyone.